my friends are heathens, take it slow Wait for them to ask you who you know Please don't make any sudden moves You don't know the half of the abuse All my friends are heathens, take it slow Hello and welcome to Criminally Underrated, a podcast where we usually like to discuss the forgotten films of yesteryear and see if they deserve a place in the canon of great films. But today, we are discussing uh, the most hyped up movie of the summer, Suicide Squad, from, uh, I guess, last week, mid-early August. Uh, Today, I'm joined by my compatriot, Jono. Say what's up to the fans at home. Hello. And he wasn't there to discuss the Comic-Con news, but he's back. Paris of the Internet Show. How's it going? What's going on, everybody? I just wave like they're actually going to see this. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. Being on camera lately. Uh, and Dave, he's been jonesing to get his ideas out there on Suicide Squad. Why don't you say hello to all the listeners as well? Just really jonesing. A lot of jonesing lately. Uh, what's up, guys? All right, so... I guess we're just gonna have to put this out there. All th- all four of us fucking hate this movie. So if you're a DC fanboy, <laughs> find find other channels to to direct your hate because we don't care. We don't want it. We're here for for the hate fest. Um, that stated, Paris, why don't you tell me what you liked about this movie? I I'll I'll start with this. I I don't think it was the most hype movie of the summer, quote unquote. I think the most hype movie was Batman versus Superman, but okay. still in DC versus you know I think that movie is so forgettable forgettable people tend to think that movie did come out this year. Um but I I would say this about what I did like. I liked three characters. I liked oddly enough I really liked um Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. I thought she was really I thought she was very menacing for her role. I also thought um I didn't. I wasn't completely annoyed by uh, Margot Robbie, uh, Robbie, um, and I liked Will Smith. Oddly enough, you typically have Will Smith in your movie to do Will Smith things. So the old line of he, he's Will Smith playing X, playing Will Smith is true here, but it didn't bother he me. He Will Smith's real good in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like he was like he was good. He was peak Will Smith in a good way. But <laughs> everything else is not. That there's nothing else good to say. So if I was going to say I liked something, it was literally those three things and nothing else. Well, after the the collective bitter taste in our mouths from After Earth, I think everyone is like relieved that it's like oh, okay, like Will Smith still has it. Like he can be charismatic on screen. It's just don't pair him with Shyamalan anymore. Yeah, his career took a downturn when he turned down Quentin Tarantino. Like if Quentin Tarantino, one of the four or five best filmmakers on this planet comes to you and says, hey, I wrote a role specifically for you in mind. You just take the call. doesn't matter what the material is. You trust him and you take the call. It was a big risk for Leonardo DiCaprio to take the role that he took, but he still did it because he got a call from Quentin Tarantino. So the fact that he turned him down is a slap in the face, one. And then the fact that he turned him down to do After Earth, that's just like one of those course corrections in life that you're never going to live that down. That's one of those... uh, you curse yourself kind of kind of moments. You know, I don't know, man. I think it says a lot about him that he made that choice. I think historically he's been... He's a family man. Well, I mean, you can call him a family man, sure, but I, I prefer to call him a capitalist. He has mm-hmm. like a, a very strict set of rules by which he chooses roles. That role didn't fit his business model. 
Um, well, it's you know, like, and you can, I mean, film with his kid, you know, he tried to launch his son's career. And the funny thing about it is that movie made a shit ton of money. It, oh, I mean, of course. And to your point, Tarantino was the highest grossing film, you know, yeah. so it's a total backfire on his part. And, and you can't, you can't really excuse him the same way you can when it's like, oh, Will Smith turned down Neo in the Matrix because it's like, how, how could... How yeah, could he have? How could he have game. known? It's uh, like that's a real risk. Yeah, yeah. It's like back back then. It's like it's like oh, whatever. That's like a real shoot. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But with yeah, with Django, it's like what what were you thinking? Why would you not take that role? And for the record, he turned down uh, Neo to play, of course, Jim West in the classic Wild Wild. An- yeah, another <laughs> yes. Another cinematic classic, which honestly is like one. It's up there with my guilty pleasures. That and uh, Pluto Nash, just two movies. Oh no! They're complete trash. They're complete trash. But every time they're on, I will watch them both. I am. I am. I. I hate to admit it's my dirty secret in life. Like, but real. Will Will Smith also has something that not every actor has, which is a pass. Like he gets, he's so forgivable for his shitty movies. It's still fucking Will Smith. Well, he's just, you he's know? just likable. He's likable. Yeah, and that's part yeah. of what shines through in in Suicide Squad. You remember that? Oh shit! I like this guy, even when he's playing someone who's like the like supposed to be this just deplorable murderer's hitman. You still like the guy, which is you just yeah. like. You like don't when care you, that he wants to kill Batman. You're like, yeah. you're, it's Will Smith. He's he's allowed to want to kill Batman if he wants. Yeah, you know, and they lay it on thick with the, you know, the plot with his daughter, and you know, just he's just a good father kind of thing. So you you forgive a lot of the the rougher edges of that character because, or the or the things around that character because Will Smith is there's a reason why he makes twenty five million dollars per movie because he just oozes uh, charisma. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, see that that's also the the good and the bad of Suicide Squad is like. They obviously couldn't focus and give a huge backstory to all ten characters, so it's like we're gonna focus on Deadshot because we got Will Smith to play him, and then you know we got whatever kind of backstory you want to refer to as uh, Harley Quinn and the Joker. But yeah. yeah, we'll we'll get to the Harley Quinn thing because I, Paris, I know you've got some thoughts on the uh, the feminist icon herself. <laughs> Uh, Jono, just what did you like about this? I mean, are we all going the same thing? Just the portrayal of Viola, Harley Quinn, and Will Smith? Because that's pretty much all I liked. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really hard to make a case for too much more beyond that because the most of the rest of the Suicide Squad is barely fleshed out, you know? like. But, like, killer. the visuals? Did you like, like what Enchantress yeah. was doing? Um, <laughs> I was not... Too crazy about Enchantress. I did like the way, uh, her when her brother destroyed things. The yeah, whatever his name was, when he'd destroy things, it looked cool. Like the when they're walking through those like melted cars and like so. Some of the visuals were were cool. I was not really into the the way they made their like. Zombie army look was kind of weird. Oh, um, the Power Ranger putty. Yeah, I'd say no. I'd, yeah, I'd say yeah. Best things about this movie were, and I and it made me. It it's almost frustrating. It really makes you wish that Harley Quinn was felt like more of a real character because you know Margot Ro- Robbie was like 
killing it with what she had, you know? Like, it was like, I was willing, I was willing to really like that character, but there just wasn't that much there. But the know. issue with her, with, like I said, I liked her personality, but the issue with her as a character is that she brought absolutely nothing to the table. There was no reason for her to be there. Like, she That's swung true. the bed and she hit, and she, like, shot guns kind of okay. Like, you could have got a special forces guy to do that, and he wouldn't have been the liability of having a Joker trying to create your mission. Like, what the hell did she true. do? That True, it's like she's, she's, she's thrown like, in the group just by association to the Joker, yeah, basically, Joker. which which doesn't yeah, like, doesn't bring anything like, to help oh, the yeah. Her like Deadshot, yeah. like Deadshot has these two cool ass scenes where he's like he's training and you see him hitting the whole the same hole every time he takes a shot with any weapon. And you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. I want that guy on my team. And then True. you see the scene where he gets on top of the car and it's one of the only part of the action scene I, I liked in the movie when he's like using his wrist machine guns and he's just mowing these fuckers down and you realize like wow that's there's a reason this guy's on this team but this chick is crazy yeah she's true like, she's like breaking shit like like yeah just, she's a liability she didn't do anything special like everybody else I could see okay I see why you have this person there I see why like these people do special things but this is just a murderous crazy woman who's broke the arms and messed up a bunch of guards what is well, she here for I, I think the, the justification for her and that the payoff is supposed to be in the final scene when she like outsmarts or out crazies enchantress cuts her open with the sword and saves the day right like she's the which one which literally could have done, been done by anyone agreed but like that that, like, that speaks volumes about the character and the way it was executed it was just underwhelming the motivation to have her included was not there um, I don't know it was just kind of lame from start to finish so many one liners just completely forced um, just mm-hmm. really one dimensional I like John said I wanted to like her and I think the whole movie to this point, I don't think it sucked because of the lack of effort from Margot Robbie, and I, I can think you can say that about the whole movie. I don't think it was bad because everyone mailed it in. I think they, I don't think they mailed it in. I really, no, I don't either. That's what I I'm be, saying. I, be, I believe those stories of like, I could tell that these people had fun making this movie together. I could tell that they created a bond with one another because the chemistry they have with each other on screen is really good. But like I said, it's just like they're so muddied down by just piss poor writing and storytelling that. What can you what can you really do in the face of that? When you just got when you're completely bogged down by a shit story, it doesn't matter how likable your characters are, it's gonna right. sink your entire movie. Yeah, there's there's two like major fundamental flaws, and that's not even taking into account like how dull and pointless this specific story was. Mm-hmm. Okay, but kind of looping back to what you guys were saying about Margot Robbie and Harley Quinn and what she brings to the table. Okay, you're Assembling a team of metahumans to fight the next evil Superman, uh, how many of the people in Suicide Squad are actual metahumans? We've got Croc and uh, Diablo, and that's really it. Like, everyone else is just, like, really good at what they do. Like, like, Harley Quinn is in no way... Like, she was dropped into the vat of acid, and technically in, like, DC Comics canon... She, like, has some, like, superpowers, but definitely not in this world. No, not at all. And then my other fundamental flaw with this movie is the whole movie is just them cleaning up their own mess. Like, uh, Viola Davis' character is like, oh, we're going to create this group of metahumans to to stop the next... Exactly. It's the the Suicide Squad has to... 
has to join forces against one of their own, which <laughs> like one of the and it's yeah, like one if of you hadn't pursued squad. creating the Suicide Squad, you never would have had this issue with Enchantress. You would never would have needed them. Yeah. yeah, that and the stakes are way too high for these people. Like you said, like their their abilities are not special enough where they. This is a job literally for Superman. You apparently have this six thousand year old ancient like like two ancient twins like from the like the Mayan like jungle that can like bend through time and space like she's able to just leap from like Washington DC to some mystery location in Tehran like just by thinking of, I, I don't fucking know how she can pull that off but like just something that powerful how the hell is people with guns supposed to stop that like I that's part of what I, I didn't get oh it's not guns that, it's it's explosions and, and bombs yeah yeah oh my god yeah. that was the worst like so weak character man like you guys are saying yeah. like none of this explained and, and in a movie about villains why do they have such a bad villain like there was no, almost no motive no real explanation or backstory she shows up this archaeologist who's like the worst archaeologist in the history of the world going also around the, the jungle. youngest the youngest yeah, yeah this hot ass model like, and why was she all alone? Why was she all alone? Immediately breaks it. <laughs> like <the whole> <laughs> Yo, what class did they teach you that in? It, I don't know. I, I tell you what, this part of another part of the problem is that this it was just another recycle like we've seen three of these movies now this summer where some kind of portal opens in the middle of a fucking city. And you send in a team of people to try to close the portal. Like, we got that story with Ghostbusters. We got that with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now we got it again with this movie. Yeah, like, we got it last summer with Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, yeah. The Avengers bet that storyline. How many fucking times are portals going to open in the middle of a metropolis? I was, I was thinking, like, someone should draw on a map all the portals that have been opened up <laughs> in New York City the past five fucking I was, years. <laughs> I was definitely going to mention... The similarities to Fantastic Four, which when I finally watched it, I was in disbelief of how bad it was, and and that is and and so the similarities I'm talking about are, you have, um, a ragtag group. Yeah, a ra- a ragtag ragtag group, and the threat is because of that ragtag group. The threat is also super vague. Like we have no clear definition of their motivation um, and it's just kind of like leaves you with like I don't really care if they like what happens you know like that's how I felt with Fantastic Four too it was like okay now we're fighting this bad guy who only exists because of the good guys and who um, and who I'm not even sure what they're trying to do like <laughs> it, was, it was just like what like DC, why do I care? DC, or at least the the DC extended universe and Warner Brothers, whoever's running the show, they like don't understand their characters and they don't understand what the audience likes about what they've previously done. Well, part like, of the, well, I was just gonna say, like the the whole thing with the Suicide Squad is like they're not there to end to stop these like world-ending catastrophes. Mm. Like that's you literally showed Batman and the Flash in this movie. Where the hell were they, and why were yeah. they cleaning this mess up? The whole point of the Suicide Squad is like, oh, you guys are gonna go take out someone that like the government can't publicly admit that they're trying to kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah, like I said, and just so that if it so that if it gets gets any attention, you just blame it on the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like I said, the stakes were Which... the stakes and the villain were too high for this particular team, and they don't have there's there's no real reason. 
for all of them to be together for this particular mission. Like you said, they they created this problem, they caused it, now they're trying to stop it, and it's a group of people that honestly shouldn't, in good reason, be able to stop this kind of threat. Like that's big. That's part of the issue with the film that just kind of makes the whole narrative fall apart. That you don't believe that they need to be doing this. Like there's never a time where I was like. This is the only people that are going to stop that. That and they. And then they're giving them like ten years off of their triple life sentences and stuff. Yeah, it's like who I, gives a shit? <laughs> in the in the comic, Amanda Waller is always the one that's like letting them out, and you find out that she's the reason she's letting them out and keeping them free is to like do these little like covert missions that no one's supposed to know about. But these people are they spend so much time trying to humanize bad guys while they're telling us they're bad guys every six seconds, like. It seems like either they were telling us they're bad guys or someone else was telling us they're bad guys or they're the worst of the worst, but they're so likable. Like, you can have a bad guy be likable and still be a piece of crap. Like, Keith Ledger is proof of that. His Joker is proof of this is a charismatic character. I like him, and he's not doing anything redeemable. So you don't have to sit there and make these quote-unquote likable characters. That's part of what I I hated about it. It's like I wanted to love hate these characters, and they gave me no room to do that. Like they just set them up as sappy people with like com- they're conflicted. And they're too they're too redeemable yeah, for sure. They're like they should be more despicable. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to make Deadshot like a tragic character. It's like. Just make him the best assassin who, like, doesn't care who he kills. Yeah, just make him a freaking asshole with no conscience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you don't need to pump the daughter storyline at us. Mm-hmm. All right, Dave. What did you think of the music? Was it worse than Watchmen? <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I don't want to even compare the two, because um, I think Watchmen at least has a little bit of originality to it, and I actually thought the opening scene of Watchmen, we talked about it before, set to Bob Dylan, was pretty good. There was no scene like that for me in this movie. There were scenes I liked, but uh, so much of like the redeeming quality got lost in the overarching just confusingness of the whole movie. Um, and we've well, been talking how, about how off-putting was that Eminem song? That, that was so. Using that song non-ironically in a movie these days is a joke unto itself. It was so weird. I was like, really? We're listening to this. I mean, it, it, it was just it, it's it's all the whole tone that they're setting that they're trying to go after with this pop music. And I just watched the um, Justice League trailer, and that's set to um, White Stripes' "Icky Thump," and it right, kind of has right. the same kind of vibes. Uh, I don't know. I just I'm not buying it. Like I never I never did. It never nothing never really made sense to me in this movie. Like you guys said, they talk about villains, but I never bought Will Smith as a bad guy. I never thought for a second he was a real villain, quote unquote. They never even gave me a second to. Um, and actually, I want to talk about that for a second. It, it just in terms of things not making sense and seem seem like they were out of order. The very first introduction we get of the two main characters of Suicide Squad is the first two scenes in the movie. And it felt weird to me because, like, we cut to Will Smith and we cut to Harley Quinn. And then out of nowhere, we cut to Amanda Waller and they start talking about them. And she's, like, walking through these characters. Like, why weren't those scenes switched? Why can't we just start with Amanda Waller? And then when she starts talking about Deadshot, we cut to Will Smith. It, it just felt, like, so well, disappointed. Like, I get what they're trying to do, but it just yeah. didn't work. It just, the editing was a mess in this. I will give you that. Yeah. Right. And, and partially the explanation for that was... So, for uh, those of us uh, not in the industry, uh, there's usually a different production company and po- you know editing company that will cut the trailer 
that is you know specifies their only job is to cut together trailers. Yeah, they're a marketing. So, they're marketing. Right. So that company cut together the original Suicide Squad trailer, which you know blew up and everyone was super excited about it. And DC liked the re- the public reaction to that so much that they let that company cut the movie. Really, wow. I didn't know that. Which is like a f- <laughs> another fundamental oh, flaw. That. And it's like yeah. you're putting creative and artistic choices in the hands of people that like are the literal opposite definition of artists. Well, that's weird then, because they lost a lot of scenes from the trailer that didn't make it to. That's very cut. true. That's bizarre. Uh, there's a lot of Joker scenes, and you know, yeah. there's now these stories about Jared oh, Leto yeah. being pissed that you know he thinks that they shot enough scenes to do a whole Joker movie on his own, and he's in the movie for 12 minutes, maybe. Oh, he's definitely... But can we talk about... Paris, I'm on your side. I think I saw you posting something about how much Jared Leto, at least the way he's presented in the, in the scenes that made it into the movie, how much he missed the point of the Joker. Totally. totally. All right, give it to me, Paris. What, what did not... you... Best Joker ever? No, God, no. Um, <laughs> I think somewhere, like, Heath Ledger is resting in peace knowing that he still has the crown as the best on-screen Joker. But the, I think part of it is, like, he's the Joker because he has this charisma, this playful charisma where he could go from making a room laugh to just slicing a guy's throat and then going back to making a room laugh like he did nothing. The Joker that we got from uh, Leto was all menace, murderer, and crazy with no playful charm. Like, there was never a single term where, a single moment where I wasn't, every scene with him was tense on edge waiting for him to do something murderous, where it's like the Joker would have fun with you. Like, there's a scene, obviously the scene from um, Dark Knight where he, like, Heath Ledger does the pencil trick. That's, like, really fucked up, but it's funny. Like that's like the way it, the way it's played is like wow that's fucked up but that yeah, guy he's all like I'm gonna show you a magic yeah, trick and then he yeah. kills that dude and you're like whoa exactly yeah. where it's like I'm just crazy I'm just gonna shoot you in the face and like I, and just there was nothing playful or charming about this guy like I didn't get why he just felt like a two bit gangster with just a few screws loose he didn't seem like someone that could like command a room through like charisma he just commanded a room through this fucker's crazy and he's gonna murder me not through like this yeah. guy's energy and aura makes me want to follow him which is not something that he command. like I think he totally missed the point like you said yeah, yeah like, explain I, to me the difference in the characterization of this iteration of the Joker and Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor like, if you write down their characteristic traits, there is no difference. It's just like, wow. let's be weird and quirky and, you know, as loud with our weirdness as possible and just, like, scare people with how annoying we're being. They're manic. They're like manics. Totally. That's, that's, that's the best way to describe them. Like, they're manic. And, like, that's not something that we've seen the Joker do. And I'm, I'm not going to sit here and get hung up on this thing where it's like, oh, well, you know, this isn't the way I'm... So, like, I get it. You're going to take creative license and create some new things. Like... His relationship with Harley, like, that didn't bother me that it didn't do the, t- the typical, like, Joker will throw her to the wolves if he lived, if he means to live longer. Like, I like, I like the way they took their, they took a new twist on their relationship, but I feel like the character of the Joker, what's the point of calling him the Joker when he has no characteristics of, like, mm. we've seen from that character for over, you know, 60 some odd years or however long the Joker's been around? And it once again, same, same uh, sentiment as, at the end of Batman vs. Superman, when they kill Superman, 
Whoa, like, whoa, whoa. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoilers. Spoilers. Um, but basically, it's like, how how many people in this room do you think are convinced that the Joker's dead when the helicopter goes down? I'm, just, I'm, like, I'm like, confused. Was I supposed to think he died in that helicopter crash? Because you're dumb if you think anybody in the in the audience was like, oh, they just killed the Joker just like that? Well, yeah, DC a... wants these shocking moments, and we've never been shocked Doesn't by Doesn't know how to do well, them. Yeah. They, they, of course they don't. They had four fucking helicopter crashes in this movie, and no one was killed. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody died in a single helicopter, yeah. Amanda Waller. Yeah, the, the one person who's, like, the most civilian and, like, not even, you know, like... At Rough least, and tough tumble, yeah. Yeah, her her chopper goes down, and she's just like, ah, whatever, just bring me to Incubus. Let's <laughs> yeah. get this over with. I, I think she, it's just part of, like, again, part of just bad storytelling, where it's like they try to create these moments that do not live up to them. Like, chief in point, uh, case in point, like, the biggest one to me was at the end where Deadshot finds the folder from the uh, their top-secret files, and he throws it at Rick Flagg, and it's this big moment that's supposed to reveal what they're really facing because he really won't tell them and yada, yada, yada. Come to find out, they've already found out that they're there at that point to rescue Amanda Waller, which was supposed to be a big twist. But he what gives was that? Them, that was so lame. Yeah, I don't even get why that was a thing. But he gives them the folder, and then they go and commence to show flashbacks, the shit we've already seen. I'm like, bro, like, this is like storytelling 101. Like, you're setting up a moment for a reveal, and you're f- literally flashing back to shit we've already seen, and the audience is already... Like, literal shit. shots, yeah, not yeah, just circumstances, shot, yeah, but I've looked at like, that shot already. Yeah, I'm like, what? Like, who the fuck was in charge and thought this was, like, good storytelling? <laughs> like, you don't... you. Why are you doing this? Like, you're wasting and the audience's time. They And the thing that drove me nuts about that was not... Okay, so they... They act like the flashbacks, the recycled footage we've already seen is some big cathartic reveal, reveal, but they only do it for the three or four characters that we already know anything about. They don't do anything about Killer Croc, they don't do anything about the Boomerang dude, they don't do anything about the, like, any flashback for the the samurai sword, whatever her name was. I was like, I was like, if you're gonna if you're gonna show us flashbacks that aren't that impressive, at least or that aren't that impressive, at least do it for the characters that we still know nothing about. What the hell? And speaking of characters we know nothing about, the second you see Slipknot there, <laughs> and the second is they that his that, name? I didn't even know yeah. that was his name. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and his superpower is. Climbing stuff. Climbing stuff and like ropes and choking people to death with ropes, which is lame and enough. Punching women. And I punching forgot women. about that character. Yeah, and and, and, and uh, assault on females. But they, it was there so they could blow off one of their heads. Oh yeah, like a hundred percent. Like the second they just got like they introduced him all late, no setup, and then they spend the time like right before he comes there and they're telling us how it works. And I was like, oh you're the dumbass that's going to get his head blown off because you're going to try to run away and they're going to prove to you that, no, this is real, you're stuck here. So it just, it just so, man, just, I'm getting, I really didn't think I hated the movie, but the more I'm thinking about it, I'm really <laughs> thinking I hate it now. Like, wow. Like, I had a decent enough time that I didn't hate myself in the theater, but then the moment I got out of it and started talking about it, I'm like, wow, like, DC just doesn't care about its audience. And, like, it's so bizarre to see 
the DC fanboys like defend this movie to their death and Batman vs Superman and put up a poorly written and with terrible grammar uh, petition about Rotten Tomatoes. Did you guys actually read that? It was like embarrassing how bad. The yeah, writing. it was. It was. It was unbelievable. Just a part of it, like you know, Warner Brothers actually owns Rotten Tomatoes and they're just an aggregate site. They have nothing to do with reviews. So it's my my biggest issue with DC. It comes down to. They, they dropped the ball, and I feel like – I do feel like this. I think part of the backlash for this movie that it got so lauded by critics – for one, it is a bad movie. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's a good movie, but it's, it is a bad movie. But I think part of the pile-on that happens with it is that people are still mad about Batman versus Superman because that was just unbelievable crap. Like, I'm not going to hold this to the same standard because it's like it's Batman versus Superman. Those two characters have – so many wonderful comics to pull stories from. You could put together a good movie, and Zack Snyder's a horrible filmmaker. So I expected him to make a bad movie. This is more disappointing to me because they had the the seeds of a really great idea. They actually could they actually put together a really fun cast, and they just blew it. And it just comes down to the fact that there most of DC the DC universe is a giant rush for cash grab. Because they've seen how Marvel did it and they're printing money and they want to jump on the bandwagon, set up their own universe. And part of the backlash is like fans are angry like, no, like you don't get to just do this and rush it because you're trying to play catch up. Like these movies aren't our trust and aren't benefit of the doubt because they've spent years setting up character uh, setting up characters and de- developing characters. And, and they have, have characters. Yeah. yeah. And, like, you spent like the what made um, the fight between Iron Man and and Captain America so compelling in their movie was that you spent years with them already in the situation that they placed themselves in. And they sowed the seeds throughout. Yeah, exactly. There was no more talking at that point. Like, when they came ready to fight, it was like, yeah, yo, you pretty much got to fucking punch each other because there's nothing nothing left to talk about. Because they spent the whole movie talking to try to avoid it, and when it came down towards it, the final battle is you got two sides where two people have really conflicting ideas, but they're both right and they fight. And they didn't get that right in Batman versus Superman. And they set up that they like each other before they make the before they put them in that place rather than yeah. just like starting with the conflict, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so it just go ahead. Well just kind of spinning off what you said about how like this is supposed to be their like Suicide Squad is supposed to be their Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's like a spinoff with this group that doesn't have, like, universe-ending consequences. It's like, we can go tell these, like, smaller, cool stories that, you know, the the fate of the world and the universe doesn't depend on these guys successfully defeating the bad guy. And, like, that's kind of what they went with, and it made it so pointless. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so let's let's keep trekking along. Um, so we, we've we talked about the pointlessness of Slipknot. Uh, Katana, you know, could be a cool character. has has the badass sword, the trap souls, but get no characterization. I'll say, I'll say to its credit, they didn't show us the villain in the trailers. Mm, that's, yeah, that's, that's that's more that's better I, than I, Batman versus. I thought they did like the whole movie. I mean, and exactly what Paris was talking about. Like, they had this great opportunity and this great theme of, like, villains. We're going to put together a cast of villains. What does it mean to be a villain? Are they still villains if they're doing good things? 
And they set up Jared Leto so much in the trailer that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's interesting because he's like the epitome of that. And to his point about the Joker and the concept of playing the Joker, he's like the king of anarchy and he's the king of – he rides the line of complete craziness and like just pure evil um, that he has like these attractive qualities and it makes him a good villain. And I thought he was going to be the villain in this movie. I assumed he was. I thought that would be the most interesting way to tell a story, especially Every, one. Everyone did. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And it, why I don't know that that decision just didn't make sense to me. I don't know enough about the comics. In fact, literally nothing about any of these comic books. It's almost like insulting. It's almost insulting to the Joker or to the um, you know, the archetype of the Joker that this movie just paints him as like a temperamental, jealous ex-boyfriend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like mob boss ex-boyfriend, and it's like no, the Joker would not be that concerned about. A girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, and he's clearly like, and one thing too that I want to make uh, different between Heath Ledger's and this one, the Heath Ledger version was good. He accomplished like almost everything he wanted to do all the time. Like he, he, everything he did, chaos. he was basically unstoppable. He used the, yeah. the yin to Batman's yang. Like Jared Leto kind of yeah. sucked. Like he it was kind of shitty. He kind of like he lost all the time and everything he yeah. tried to do, except it at was, the very end when he busted out yeah. Harley. It was focused chaos, which is what made it so brilliant, where it's like, how can you... This person had figured out a way to tap in and control and, it's and, like, and aim his chaos to get certain things accomplished. Where it's it's like, like Heath, Heath Ledger's Joker's mind would not even care that Common's scoping his girl, you know, because he'd yeah. be way on... Because like, was Common. Good two steps, Common. Two <laughs> steps ahead of, like... Of just like fucking up everybody's day that he wouldn't even notice. He'd be like, "Oh, you're staring at my girl, whatever." Like it's the, that that whole that whole thing was like he was way too much. Like people have to think I'm cool, and they have to like that's yeah. Like there's a the, the Batman, Joker is so beyond that. Yeah, the Batman cartoon. There's a a clip going around online of someone where you know because people are going around saying, "Oh, relationships, goals, Harley and and Joker." Oh yeah. And I, and I had a friend of mine. Um, uh, a friend of mine tried to argue me down and say something along the lines of, oh, you know, Harley Quinn, she's a female empowerment character, just like um, Wonder Woman. I'm just like, you really don't know anything about comic yeah. books. In, in the comics, it's like she, Harley Quinn sets up Batman and she's literally about to kill him. And the Joker is pissed because it's like she doesn't get the I, the the concept that why he's messing with 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 Batman, and so he literally just starts punching her around and throws her out a window. Legitimately, like like comes in like she's like hot putting. I caught Batman, and he just clocks her, and it's like they did not want to take the risk of doing that on film and showing right. showing that like level of just domestic abuse. But it still comes down to these are not the way these characters have traditionally acted and that's fine if you're going to like if you're going to redo the way they act that's fine but you at least got to make it good and they didn't make it good like and you got to meet the audience halfway with what yeah. you know what they've known about Harley since 1992 when Batman yeah. the animated series and, started yeah and i think part of it is is like you can't go too far off the reservation because part of why they're in that seat is because of what they know about those characters. So I got friends like, oh well, they can take a take on it. Like, yeah, they can take a take on it. That's fine. But people are in this in these seats because they know who Batman is. They know who the Joker is. So you don't have complete free reign to change everything. That's not that's not what people are there for. So yes, you get all, some creative license to do your own thing in your interpretation. But at the same time, you are taking a licensed property, an established licensed property that people know. So you have to kind of 
do what they expect a little bit. Right. All right. I have, I have a couple of big points on uh, Harley, uh, and I'll kind of loop it back to this whole feminist icon thing. Okay, one big problem I had was, you know, when they show, when the Enchantress kind of puts her spell on three or four of them at the end, and they show, like, what their ultimate fantasy is? Like, Harley's fantasy, she's so far gone that she could never even, like, conceptualize the fantasy of, like, having this normal life. And you see, like, Jared Leto without his Joker makeup on, and, like, they've got two little kids. It's like, that is so wrong of what Harley would, like, have as a fantasy. Harley's fantasy would be, like, ripping up the town and causing chaos with the Joker. So that was one moment where I was like, check, completely wrong. Well, that's um, what I'm saying. Like, hold on, I want to pause on that, because I'm not even clear. Is that what she was showing her, or is that what she thought? Like, was that Enchantress thought that's what she wanted? I, is she I thought it was mind? supposed to be... Like I have what? no fucking idea. It's supposed to be a person's fantasy. That's the way I read it. Because obviously Lloyd, won, I mean, not Lloyd, was that last name is Lloyd, but I mean, Deadshot kills Batman. That's what he wanted to do. That's like his big mission. Like, that's the target that he, that's the like one time he missed or whatever. And then obviously Diablo's family's back alive. So it's showing what they, their heart desires, I feel like. And you're totally right. Like, that character would not desire that. That character would desire we're in the middle of a bank, everyone's dead, we have all the money and we're getting away. The bat- right. Batman's dead, we're dancing on his corpse. Not, oh my god, we live in the suburbs, we have two children, you don't have tattoos anymore, like, we're happy. Like, that's a really good point. Uh, and Diablo, wasn't he definitely about to get blown by his wife in that moment? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the Harley Quinn um, that drove me kind of crazy, even with my limited knowledge on the character, her fantasy starts with her pushing the normal button on the laundry machine or whatever, and it's like... Does it? It's like, guys, yeah, yeah wow. it's like literally, it's like her in her suburban house, and it's an extreme close-up on the button, like the type of load or whatever, and it just says normal, and she pushes like, she push, literally pushes the normal button, oh my. And, and it backs up, <laughs> and it backs up to like... It was yeah. It was it was like offensive to me and my limited knowledge of the character. I was just like, I know that's not right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like um, once once she crossed over, because they, they actually get you know ninety percent of the backstory between her and Joker, right? Like mm-hmm. she was a psychiatrist working at Arkham or wherever it was. Who kind of has thought, Stockholm syndrome, right? Like, he, right, well, like she she's there against. She doesn't fall in love with him as much as she grows to depend on him and his, like, craziness, right? Yeah, so she thinks she's rehabilitating the Joker or, you know, whatever persona he's throwing out there when really the Joker is, like, putting so many of these... She's, like, he's, like, incepting these thoughts into her mind and, like, it spirals her out of control. And, you know, it. there's kind of debate on how she goes exactly from being the psychiatrist to Harley Quinn... But they got most of it right, surprisingly. Yeah, I felt like it was right, except for the part where, like, he traditionally pushes her into the vat, not her jumping into it willingly. But for the most part, you're right. Like, they got it right. Mm-hmm. All right, so continuing, uh, I also hated how she had, like, a quippy little quirky remark to, like, put a button at the end of every scene. It's like, okay, three, four, five times maybe. 
Like every single scene had it to be. It was double digits for sure. Yeah, had to have the exclamation point of the the quirky. We're bad guys. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So to wrap up the Harley Quinn problem, I've got a blurb from Slash Film, which I think puts it poetically. So stick with me. It's just uh, a few short paragraphs. Harley Quinn is the central issue here, and it goes beyond her ridiculous outfit with those ridiculous shorts. Perhaps the biggest mistake Suicide Squad makes is that it chooses to frame the, that relationship between Joker and Harley as a love story, never pausing to acknowledge that she is a victim of an abuser and a monster. This is especially strange because Harley's longevity as a character, the reason she's so, become so popular in recent years, is due to her rejecting Mr. J and becoming her own woman. Harley Quinn isn't beloved because she's the Joker's girlfriend. She's beloved because she escapes from him. She defeats her abuser. So the fact that Suicide Squad concludes with the Joker triumphantly breaking her out of, pro out of prison is grotesque. The fact that her torture at his hands is depicted as the act of a devoted lover is unpleasant in all the wrong ways. It's a fucked up dynamic by design, but the film's refusal to give Harley growth to let her recognize this is cowardly at best and loathsome at worst. And makes her the opposite of like an admirable, strong female, like example of a female. Yeah. Uh, character. Literally the literally the side of the spectrum that is that is the complete antithesis of what being a female like female empowerment really is. And I think part like I said, I think part of what they're trying to do is frame it more of an of a mutual love that they have for one another. Like they're not necessarily framing it as like they frame it as like yes, like he set her up and like he played her and he like got, he kind of incepted himself in her. But then, obviously, they try to the where they try to pull it back around and say that no, this is a mutual love that they have for one another. Is that she dives in the vat willingly by herself, and he could sit there and just let her die, and he thinks about it for a moment. But he dives in, rescues her, and like they like make out and like they fall. That that, that vat looked like elephant juice, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like that's what they're trying to sell us on, like this big mutual love story. And that's you're right. That's never been what they do. But it's fine to do that. But I just still think it was poorly executed. So I, I think I mean I think what the reviewer is saying is just more of a is not necessarily what's a hundred percent there. Like their relationship isn't one hundred percent this crazy person like dominating over her because that's not what happened like part of it is just yeah, too I agree crazy. with Paris too that's crazy a, sorry Paris I mean you were breaking no, up no, there no go ahead um, I agree with that guy's level of frustration and anger about how shitty the character was with how much potential it had but I mean I, I feel like his move that it was like disrespectful to domestic abuse victims I, I think that's kind of just like an internet hot take I don't predict you know Probably. that's like that's part of the outrage machine that is Twitter um but there's so many ways a character could have been done differently and better, uh, but it wasn't. I, I mean, as a tribute to my experience with DC films over the past few years, it's just another swing and a miss. Um, they'll probably spin it off. They'll probably keep making money uh, off of it, and I hope they do. I hope Margot Robbie gets another chance. It's like I said earlier, like, I think she tried. I think she put her heart and soul into that character. That's not an easy character to play, and some of the lines she had to deliver um, were terribly written. And I can imagine was a headache trying to figure out a good way to deliver them uh, in a way that was, you know, entertaining and believable. Um, the fact that you still got three really, like, in my opinion, three good performances from this crap of a story is still just a testament to, like, how great the casting was. 
So I give them credit for that. Like I said, every time Amanda Waller was on screen, she was menacing. She was she was scarier. She was more she was more of a villain than anybody was. Like 100%. She was the one that's like the real quote unquote bad guy in the situation. But I still think that they're just held down by just a crap story. And then just by they're held down by a crap studio that doesn't know what the hell they're doing with these with this great property. And this is the this is the most frustrating thing is that DC everything is in house everything in house. Marvel has like Spider Man used to be with Sony. Then you got X Men over here and these other characters over here. Blah 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 blah. They got stuff all over the place. DC has the advantage of everybody is in house. They have the entire toy box to them and they're fucking it up. That's what's most frustrating about it. They're not in this situation where it's like, well, Batman is owned by freaking, um, you know, Legendary. We can't touch him. Or, you know, this. they're all under the same same roof. Why aren't they able to do more, you know? You know, and the most fucking offensive thing to me in this movie, don't relegate Scott Eastwood to 10th to <laughs> banana. I love Scott Eastwood. That guy has a great promising future ahead of him. I don't know. He just got done trying to defend his dad and his racist rant on Inquiry. Uh, uh, so I don't know. Yeah, oh, Scott man. Eastwood was like, I'm, I'm kind of out on him right now. Like, oh, bro, you're tripping. You're, you're, oh, I didn't know he was trip. defending the comments. That's unfortunate. Well, it's, it's his dad. So it's like, I, know. I get it. Like, if. If I was a young white man and my dad was like an old white dude, I'd still love him. And like, well, I mean, he's old and white. You just, I mean, it's how he grew up. No excuse per se, but come on, man. Like, so I, I get he was in a tough position. Like, he's not gonna go against his dad. I get it. True. Um, okay, let's let's jump back into you know the the quote unquote plot of it. Um, why is Enchantress engaging in hand-to-hand combat with the Suicide Squad at the end? Like, that was the most confusing thing. Exactly. For all the stuff that we've seen that she can do, it was like, why is she just... Why is she contained to one place? And why is she... Yeah, it's like she can literally travel across the world in the blink of an eye. How point, is she stoppable at all? <laughs> yeah, and at that point she was at her most powerful because she had her heart back. So she really should have just been able to just make them disappear if she wanted right? to. Like, you can go inside their head and make them have visions, but you're going to let the fate of your the fate of your plan come down to like a fist fight? You make no sense at all. And that's why I'm really interested to see how the Avengers fight Thanos because you know, for those of you who don't know Infinity Wars it's basically Thanos gets all the infinity gems and he can do anything. He can, you know, with the snap of a finger in the comics, you know, he erases, you know, half of the metahumans on Earth. So the big part of it, you know, of course there is you know, you got to solve your problems with punching and superpowers. But a big part of it is the Avengers convincing Thanos to come down on their level and be like, yo, if you really want to impress your mistress death over here, you, you got to beat us in hand-to-hand combat. And there's this kind of like philosophical back and forth about like, you know, he's like, well, why would I do that if I can just, you know, blink an eye and you guys turn to dust? And it's just, in this one, it's like, no, like, uh, you killed my brother Incubus, you know, prepare to die. <laughs> yeah, which I I didn't know he could be taken out by an explosion in like water, which was not. not Let's a, talk about that bomb for a second too. That bomb on a two second timer with all the fucking technology we saw in that movie with like right size <laughs> bomb. Why do we not have a bomb that's remotely detonated? Why does it have a two second timer that we have to push with a button? 
we that's, literally saw that you got to make to sacrifice himself. That made because no you got to make killer croc valuable somehow. <laughs> <laughs> we literally Jesus. saw a boomerang drone, and we can't have remote detonated bombs. <laughs> yeah, for a guy named Captain Boomerang, he only threw two boomerangs. One hit a guy like in the bank robbery and opened, then the boomerang that like for some strange reason like a boomerang that just you can just throw and it just stays still and you can move it. Like I don't know what the hell that. That guy was confusing to me. Like it was just, oh god! Just the more I'm thinking about this movie, the more. I'm <laughs> uh, I actually, and he was confusing because they didn't. He, he was one of the only ones that we got like no backstory. It's like, right. the, I mean, not one of the only ones. He was one of the two thirds of the Suicide Squad that got no backstory. <laughs> you know, I I did kind of like Diablo's final form, just visually. You know, because yeah. if you're gonna do a CGI fuckfest at the end, you know, make it look decent. And Incubus looked pretty bad throughout most of the movie, but I thought uh, Diablo's final form was kind of tight. But it's like, you can't have Diablo, the whole movie, being like, oh, you know, I've renounced violence, and then, uh, what's his name, Deadshot pushes his buttons and tries to get him to get on their level. And then at the end he's like, you know, I lost one family. You guys who I've known for maybe 17 hours. Oh, I know. Um, I'm not going to lose another family. I know. When, as soon as and he's he said, willing to sacrifice himself. As soon as he said that, I, I gave an, I gave in the theater, I gave an audible, fuck you. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I've had a couple of those moments in the movie theaters this year, and that was definitely one of my, like, I just, it's like, I said it out loud, and I didn't even know I said it out loud. Like, oh, I did not mean to do that. I'm sorry. Oh, man. His at the and speaking of the CGI at the end there, I didn't like like both those characters. I don't know, seemed very similarly like Central American gods for them not to be oh, related yeah. in any way and like not to have any sort of connection whatsoever. Just going to the really Central American motif, I guess, of the CGI place. Maybe they had a discount on it or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, his story, his story, his sta- his sappy backstory. I didn't I didn't mind so much just because it's like. They had set up his entire character to be this, like, passive, like, just complex, like, I'm bad because, you know, of my circumstance, not because of who I am. Whereas, like, the other guy's like, no, like, your circumstances didn't create you. Like, you've actively kept choosing choosing to murder people. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. you've actively kept choosing to be with the Joker and robbing banks and killing people. This guy was in an unfortunate situation where he killed his family. And, like, I understand why you would, like, go into yourself and not want to, you know, tap into the thing that killed your family before. So he was the only character where I bought the interesting tortured soul bit from that they were selling. Speaking of tortured souls, uh, well, you know, me after watching this movie, but (laughs) Killer Croc, uh, I got to say, Killer Croc was definitely one of my favorite DC villains growing up reading the comics because he has this really interesting dichotomy where like he lives in the sewers and you know he's got his animal and primal instincts but he still has that inkling of being human and like I just re- really remember Paris I don't know if you remember you know 20 years ago there was like Robin spin-off comics and I think Killer Croc was like a big part of you know being the the main bad guy for those and I just distinctly remember reading those and really loving the Killer Croc character I don't, like, in this. I don't like that they went the makeup route with him. Like, you, the tech, this is what's so what's so maddening about this. I've seen I've seen a Hulk be photorealistic. Like the way they have the way they've done the Incredible Hulk at this point, he looks great. 
and part of what makes Krilla Croc so such a great character is he's huge. He's not the size of like a normal human. He's huge. Right. He's like seven foot. Like he has a giant tail. He looks like a fucking crocodile. Why can't you do that? You ha- there's the the technology exists. We can we can rebuild him. You know <laughs> what, what, what are we doing here? Where we still have to like have some guy be in a makeup trailer for twelve hours when you could just CGI this shit at this point and create a character who can interact and have personality. The Hulk does it in, in every Avenger, Avengers movie now. He did not need to be in makeup. You could have had a character, like you said, just as compelling, and he could have been CG the whole time. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. They, they were like so proud of the fact that they did uh, uh, practical effects with him, and it's like, it does not look good. What are you proud of? Yeah, and like all of the all of the the um the parts of the character that make him interesting are gone because he's too he looks too much like a man. You know, he doesn't he doesn't come across as this big powerful creature that's like a danger to everyone. Like you hit him with and a And he's couple doing of- push ups in his prison cell. It's like you don't get you don't understand Killer Croc. Like yeah. he, he like eats sewer fish and just fucking slaughters anyone that comes down there. Yeah, that and the BET at the end. Sweet oh, God. Like, yeah, that was I don't want, tasteful. I don't, want, I don't want more comfortable living quarters. I don't want you to figure out a cure for my like skin disease. You know what I want? I just want BET uncut. Like They don't even show videos like that on BET anymore. That used to be <laughs> on BET after hours uncut like at <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning when I was like 16 when they used to show the Nelly Tip Drill video where he takes the credit card <laughs> like the BET that he was watching does not exist anymore. Like that yeah, there, he's gonna be watching like Nick Cannon countdown shows. Yeah, like he's watching the Real Housewives <laughs> of the Real House Husbands of Beverly Hills. Like oh, those videos don't exist on BET anymore. What are, what are you watching, dude? Um. Okay, I have a couple more gripes, and then uh, I kind of <laughs> I kind of couple. Well, yeah, we're talking about a lot of them, but then I kind of want to talk a little bit about the future of DC. Okay, so the Joker thing. You take the Joker out of this movie, nothing changes about the plot. He is so inconsequential to every important plot point. I, I think that you take him out of the movie 100%, and the movie is probably more streamlined and a little more focused. Mm-hmm. But the moment, you know, I wasn't, I thought the first 20 minutes obviously poorly edited and jumbled, but I was on board a little bit. The moment this movie lost me was when. Joker was texting Harley Quinn. Like, you introduce that kind of technology into this world, and that Joker is uh, BBMing his sweetheart. I'm out. It's, it's crazy, too. It's like they didn't, they didn't search her well enough. The guy was just able to walk right up to her and give her the phone, and she has it in her hand, and she's getting on the plane. I'm like, no one's noticing this or watching these people. It just, like I said, it's, it's a mess. And it, part of it is, is that they didn't have the confidence to sell this movie without a big name. They didn't have the confidence and they don't have the cachet of like, our name will sell this alone. Like at this point, Marvel can sell you anything. That's why they're able to do... Ant-Man was a massive success. What the fuck is an Ant-Man? Exactly. You're able to do that. And not only that, like... Ant-Man's character had one of the most kick-ass scenes in in Winter's... In Civil War. Like, yeah, so... Like, they can do shit like that, whereas, like, they know if we want to market a bad guy movie, we need to market the Joker in this. We got to figure out a way to put Batman in this, whereas 
you can have these characters on the fringes of the story, but not... I mean, he felt so shoehorned in. Every scene with him, like you said, you can remove all of that stuff, and the movie still operates exactly the same. You, you take all and, that stuff out, and you... Hey, leave in the shitty texting, or, or whatever you want to do. Have... Because, like, the reveal of the Joker is just like, oh, uh, here's another character for the movie. It's not even, like an interesting cinematic reveal. Make the reveal for the Joker, that moment where he breaks her out in the last moments of the movie, that at least has some, like, cinematic bearing and is like, oh, damn, like, this is the Joker in our universe. This is our introduction to him now. He's in the first six minutes of the movie, and it's just like, oh, it, it's another character. That's and funny. exactly. And take a look at one of the other reasons that Civil War was so good is that... Everybody's dying to see Spider-Man. Guess what? You just get a little taste of Spider-Man in the trailers, and then almost all of the Spider-Man in the movie is new to you. For the for Suicide Squad, it's the Joker and the fact that, oh, Batman's in this movie somehow. I think almost the entire sequence of the, Bat, of the Batmobile we saw in the TV spots, in the trailers, in the promotional material, and it's like, no... Just tell us Batman's in the movie, and that's it. We, we are stoked that Batman's in the movie. We don't need to... Don't show us every second of the Batmobile that's in the movie in the freaking trailers, and I'm we will totally, like your movie more. Yeah. I'm totally convinced they don't know how to do car chases either. Like, the editing was so choppy on that car chase scene where he presses a button, and then, like, all of a sudden, they just kind of rock back and forth like he jumped on the roof, and then he's on the... It's just... It's just, oh, God, that movie's so bad, man. God, I'm thinking about it more. That's <laughs> and you want to talk about how the ghost of Heath Ledger's resting easy knowing that his legacy as the best Joker's still alive. How about Chris Nolan being like, well, good, I still made the best Batman movies. The, and, the, and I don't want people to think that, this, for me, this is a DC, the, uh, a DC bash fest because I, I've, I've often said this, and I continue yeah. to say this, like, Marvel still hasn't made a, a, a superhero movie as good as The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight mm -hmm. should have been nominated for an Oscar, like, for Best Picture. The movie won an Oscar for someone's uh, portrayal in it. Like, Marvel isn't reaching those peaks yet. So the, I don't want people to think, oh, I'm just a DC fan. No, like, my, the, still the best superhero yeah. movie I've ever seen is right. The Dark Knight. Like, so yeah, that's, it's this new iteration of DC yeah, that they're putting yeah, out. This new iteration of, like, this corporate... Total cash grab. We're making this because Marvel's making money, and we got to compete with them. We have all our properties, and well, everyone does a shared universe, and it made so much sense. Where it's like they don't get what it's makes like, a shared universe. Look movie. how amazing those standalone Batman movies were. Yeah, like but, you, they don't get what made these movies work. Like the funny thing with it is, I don't understand why they're rushing either. You, they could have took the time to put out a Superman movie. A Superman sequel, a Batman movie, a Batman sequel. A Deadshot spinoff on its own a, before a this would have been cool. That, and then bring all the characters together in, in you know, in um, Batman versus Superman. So, like, to build up to it where it's like you're rushing to get to the meat of, like, it took, it. I want to say, how many films did it take before we got to Avengers? What, six? I think six or seven. Six or seven. We're already, we're two films deep into the universe with the main, with the heroes, and we're getting ready to get the film where all of them come together. How? How, Sway? How? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what is Thanos going to be? Movie 11, 12? Yes. 
like Darkseid is going to be in, I guess it's probably going to be in Justice League Part 2, but that's still going to be movie 4 or 5. Yeah, just the, everything is so rushed. The, the pacing and everything, there's, there's, they're trying to get all the payoff without any of the work. They're trying to get right. the same level of like payoff of with any of the work where it's like that scene with Wonder Woman and the Batman vs Superman had no punch because we've already seen them together and how are they like just that was a mess. Well, I think part of it part of it's got to be that they're afraid of being compared. Like since Marvel has the head start, then it's like maybe they're scared of like Infinity Wars coming out at the same time as like. Just this, like that, with them being so far behind, with like they they want to be at the same spot with the same scale of the movie at the same time to compete with Infinity War. I don't it, know. It, it and it's not out. like it's not like Marvel wants these movies to be shitty. Like they want them. Marvel wants to be making the better movies, but they don't want this like huge gap in quality and people to be like, ah, eh, well, you know, the DC movies suck, so. You know, maybe I'll keep checking comic, out these Marvel movies. And, they like, comic book movies all, are on the way out, you yeah, know, because look how bad these are. Huge tidal wave going of comic book movies, and it's like DC is now the one that's dragging everyone down. Yeah, they're making people... It's it's the thing of where you're reminded all in one summer of how great and how bad these movies can be all in one. Like, when you see something like Civil War and it's done so freaking well just everything and it, it makes you realize too how well they do ensemble cast movies where you you didn't leave the Avengers feeling like well man I wish it felt like every single person was on the screen the right amount of time they needed to be on the screen like they didn't like you didn't feel like man I've spent way too much time with her I've spent way too much time with him blah 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 It's it was a perfect balance and this is the part of it with this is that this was supposed to be the thing that was different. This was supposed to be the thing that was supposed to subvert the genre, be this own little quirky, weird movie, and it just turned out to be shit. And it's just so disappointing because the idea is there, the cast is there, you even figured out a way, you got three people to pull good performances out of their ass in a bullshit story, and you're just wasting people's time, energy, and effort with, with just complete crap that's like nothing more than what we thought it was going to be, a rushed cash grab to compete with somebody when you really don't have to. You could just do your own thing and make money. Like a Batman movie by itself will make money. Like a Superman movie by itself will make money. There's no need to rush to get to bring all these characters together right now. None. And the, the newest rumor is that the Ben Affleck-directed Batman movie is going to be like an Arkham Asylum movie which I think is a really bad idea. Like, you you don't need... They're like, oh, we've got these characters. Put them on screen. Come on, we've got 100... You know, Batman's got the best rogues gallery. Yeah, yeah, let's throw them all on screen. Like, what is the best part about uh, The Dark Knight? It's the dichotomy between Batman and the Joker. Like, let's get Batman going up against one of, one of his great rogues gallery members. Like, they just don't understand that throwing... 40 pieces of shit at the wall isn't going to create, you know, a, yeah. a masterpiece. They yeah, just don't get just, what they they're have. They're just behind because Marvel's at a point now where they could throw everybody at you, but they don't. They seem to forget that Marvel didn't do that shit in the beginning. They literally built to it. There's You don't see 
Thor in several of the other movies. Like, there's you don't see him at all. Like, you got in this film, you got you're showing, literally showing the characters together. Like, you see Flash in this movie. There's no need for him to be in this movie. There was honestly no need for Batman to be in this movie. Just have the confidence that you can tell a story without showing us these characters. And, and feeling like everything is rushed. Like, there's no point to, to do business this way when these things can make money on their own. That's the biggest problem with that. And I I have faith in the Batman movie to be good because Ben Affleck, ben Affleck is a good director. He's a right. good filmmaker. He knows how to make a good movie. The guy's had a movie win an Oscar before. He knows how to make a good film. So I believe in that. But I'm not excited for Justice League because... Batman, uh, Man of Steel had one of the best trailers I've ever seen, and that movie sucked. Like, Batman vs. Superman, its trailer sucked, and the movie sucked. Like, Zack Snyder just doesn't make good movies, so I'm not going to be inclined to believe that it's going to be a good movie, but I, if I didn't do what I do for a living, where I, you know, I, I do these podcasts and I have my own show where I have to watch movies like this, I was telling a friend, I wouldn't watch these movies. Like, I wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to get me to come to the theater and spend money on these movies if I didn't know that I'm in a position where I publicly have to speak about these things when they happen. So I'm going to have to keep seeing them. But as a consumer, if there was anything else in my life that the quality of it was consistently this bad, I wouldn't take part in it, like straight up. Like if I was going to a restaurant and every time I went there, the food was shitty, I would stop going. But because I it's the only restaurant in town, I have to keep going. Like, these are bad movies. Like, and it, it, that's the, and it's not about us being fanboys or for DC. It's just they make they make bad movies. I don't know what else to tell people. Like, I don't. Yeah, here's know. the thing. Like, people think that we want we want to bash on these movies. Here's a little secret, people. I grew up almost exclusively reading DC comics, and I fucking love DC comics way more than Marvel. I yeah, you think we wouldn't have loved to to go sit down in Suicide Squad and be like, holy shit, that was amazing. Like we. But we're going to call it what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, we love movies. We love these characters. No one wants to go into these movies having a bad time. Like, you really don't. I don't understand why people are like, oh, you just you didn't want to like it. Why would I want to go to a theater and torture myself for two hours? Like, you make no sense, bro. Like, I'm going in there to be entertained and to be entertained in a good way. And they have failed to do that for, what, four times now. What, three or four. Three times. Well, it depends how far back you you want to go. I mean, we can talk about Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern. Well, that's not that was even it, during. It, yeah, that, that was during that, the old DC regime, though. It's not in this new canon, so I'm not I'm not going to include that. But yeah, like they like you said, even then they they've been fucking up. Like so, the, it's just a case of I really wish there's somebody in there that can be an adult and say, let's take a step back. Let's realize what we're doing wrong. Let's take a look at the mistakes we're making and not continue to make them because I I give them effort and they rent and reshot a bunch of shit in a way to try to course correct what went wrong because of Batman versus Superman in this film and they just got it wrong. And but at least they're trying to try. I'm give I'm giving them effort for you want to do something different than Marvel. That's fine. Great. I want it to be something different. Like, if Marvel's going to be these fun, popcorn, color, colorful kind of films, great. Like, if you're going to try to do this deeper, you know, psychological kind of thing, that's great too. But you actually got to do it right to, to get the credit for that, you know? Yeah, they're, they're taking the wrong thing away from 
what they think the audience liked about the Dark Knight trilogy. Like, it's not the dark, serious tone. It's the fact that they fleshed out these characters and let us get to know Batman and his struggle of, should I do this or should I not? And it's like, all they're taking is, oh, like, you want a dark aesthetic and you want a lot of hardcore violence, and it's like, no, your, your in... test audiences are, are wrong. You're... Your marketing and research. They put in, and they put in the work, which I'm not, I don't think Batman Begins is anywhere near as strong as The Dark Knight, but they put in the work to establish, really establish Batman before showing us the Joker. Mm-hmm. Which was the best thing they could do. Like, you, you would think that, oh, it's Batman, its most popular character is Joker, so clearly we should have a movie with him. The best thing Nolan did, like you said, was not put Bat, put the Joker in in Dark Knight. What did you get at the it's end? Like, you no, got give a, us... You got a playing so card that, at the end. You got a playing card. That's all you yeah. got. So then you can sit down in the Dark Knight, and you're like, all right, I already understand this iteration of Batman. Now give me Joker. Yeah, and the yeah. Ra's al Ghul... I mean, technically, in in regular DC canon, that's not how he becomes Batman. He doesn't train with Ra's al Ghul, but the fact that he was willing to to mix that up, in, you know, that that's what we're talking about. That's what you've been referring to this whole time, Paris. It's like not everything has to be by the DC original comic book canon. Ra's al Ghul is, you know, one of uh, Batman's biggest advers- adversaries, and they kind of bring it full circle with his daughter being Talia in in. The Dark Knight Rises, but it's like that's Nolan's twist on it, and it worked so beautifully because they were trying to bring this realistic tone, and he's actually just like a really super badass ninja, basically, like like an urban ninja. And I don't know. I, we, now we've spun yeah. off so far from. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> but, to, but if you want to bring it back to to Suicide Squad, is that this movie? I'm not going to necessarily blame say that this is their fault because they it hadn't they were already in production by the time um well they were probably almost done with production by the time uh Deadpool came out and it was rated R and the violence was yeah. all the way kicked up so they didn't quite understand that oh shit we could make this movie rated R and still make a crap ton of money they didn't know that yet and that's what you know Deadpool proved where this movie reminded me a lot of, and this is not even in the same vein, of like there's a movie about James Brown that came out a couple years ago called um, Get Down, where Chadwick Boseman, the guy who's uh, playing uh, Black Panther, gave a great performance as James Brown, but the movie was rated PG-13 when the guy lived an R-rated life. The guy lived Mm -hmm. an R-rated... He did heroin, he beat women. The guy beat women so much that... They still had to include it in the PG-13 movie, but they didn't show him slap the slap a woman. A woman goes upstairs, he hits her, you hear him hits her, and you see her go down the stairs. And, like, he just looks at the camera. But it's like, this guy's life was a freaking train wreck, and you needed to show us that. These are bad guys. They are horrible people. Show us that. Like, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, if, you, if you're going to sit here and be the worst heroes ever, and be criminals, and be bad guys, let them actually be bad guys. Let's see them killing people. Like, the guy that, it's a total cop-out. The guy they have Will Smith killing is just a rat. He's a guy ratting on the mob, so you're okay with him killing him. Like, you're like, okay, he's a rat. He, I guess he kind of deserves to die. Like, like, you didn't see him killing, like, a CEO with... He's eating lunch with his wife and kids, and Deadpool just and Deadshot just shoots him in the middle of like 
taking his daughter to a uh, recital. You didn't see him do anything crazy like that. And Dead and Deadshot does shit like that. Where it's like yeah, the, the guy that man, he killed. That's like the most beneficial and like positive yeah. kind of kill he could have done. Yeah, like it was a complete it was a complete cop out of a kill. That's what I'm saying. Like go all the way. Let me see this guy. Like I said. Mopping up a freaking a CEO as he's taking their taking one of his kids to school, where it's like I don't give a shit if you were taking your kid to school. Like I got paid to kill you. This is a great time to kill you. Just so happen to be your kids here. You you gotta die. <laughs> it's like make this guy despicable, and you can still make characters likable. And I really hope that if they do this again, someone somewhere is like, let's just go balls to the wall and make a fun crazy movie with stupid bad guys. Have them be evil and bad and let's have fun with it. And they didn't do that. They just kind of They won't like, have to keep reminding you that they're bad guys. Yeah, exactly. Because they're action will literally show like this was someone this was like a softcore porn to me. Like there was a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of there were naked people there but it wasn't fucking going on. There were bad guys but they weren't bad guys. Like there was John, no penetration. I'm having flashbacks to Vanilla Sky where they just outright state the themes of the movie throughout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So there's oh there's a plug. You got to have the sweet and the sour, man. Oh god, I just <laughs> erased that from my memory. Why are you bringing that back? <laughs> so uh all in all, I think we we love the movie. Uh if this hour and 20 minutes of praise has been enough. Um real quick before we wrap this up, you know, we, we touched on it with the Justice Leagues and Wonder Woman stuff, but, like, where can they go moving forward with this? Uh, I, l- let me see if I can pull up the uh, exact um, movies that are coming out, you know, in order. But it's like, Wonder Woman looks promising. I am probably, of the three of us, and, you know, of all the DC haters, the most optimistic about Justice League just from that trailer. But I remember the day it dropped, Paris, you wrote a, a big... Uh, Facebook status being like, this guy, Zack Snyder, just straight up doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt anymore. Like, it can look like the greatest movie of all time. We have to have a strong seed of doubt in our mind that the movie will be shit. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not even going to... I'm going to go ahead and put it, death, taxes, and Zack Snyder making a bad movie. Those are the sure things in life. Like, he, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't make a good movie. I am not... I'm not getting fooled again. Like, he just... He doesn't make good movies. I don't... And people can get mad at me, and I, I said it from day one. I was like, I don't think Batman versus Superman looks good. I think it's going to be bad. I was excited for, for Man of Steel. I really genuinely was. I went to the theater open a weekend, super pumped to see it, walked out so disappointed. And I feel like you're going to walk out of Justice League disappointed again because the guy doesn't make good movies. The only chance they have to make good movies is with... Wonder Woman, I think that's going to be a really good, really good movie. Their director directed Charlie Theron to a to an Oscar for Monster, so right. she knows how to direct. I think um, anything that Ben Affleck just has his complete fingerprints on has a chance to be good. But anything else, like I said, from David Ayers, I don't trust him anymore now. And anything from uh, Zack Snyder, I don't trust. I don't know where they go because. They're going to keep making money, and these movies are going to start doing what Transformers movie do, where it doesn't matter how bad critics hate it. Like, fans are going to go see it in protest now. Like, in protest, people will just go to the theater and say, you know what, I just because the critics say this is bad, I'm going to go see it. And yeah, that's, it's like that's almost like I go, 
I go to these movies to like like when I sat through Fantastic Four, I was like fully aware of what I was doing, and I was just like, okay, I'm really curious how bad this can possibly be. <laughs> it's like that's that's one of the few I totally refused to see. I was I literally did it's not. Amazing. See it. oh, I, it's amazing. I rented it's it for Redbox a month or two ago. In theaters, I didn't see it in theaters. I did see it. I eventually was going. Oh to yeah, it. yeah. I would. There's I didn't no, spend money on it. Yeah. There is no way. I was like, "There's no way I'm finna put. I'm finna put money into this. Not even. Not even close. Like I saw yeah. it. Like, like on a on a on a cut of friend. Let me borrow whatever. But as far as like me paying for money, no, not at all. Yeah, I rented it from Redbox a month or two ago, and John, I think I texted you right after watching it. Like I didn't actively <laughs> hate it. It was. It was like the third act was horrible and like so clearly not the director's vision but like mm-hmm. at least you know I during the hour and a half I watched it I was mildly entertained so you boys squad, just I, cracked interdimensional travel <laughs> in, in Suicide Squad I'm actively like oh like that moment sucked like oh like that's not something Harley Quinn would do in Fantastic Four I was like okay sure like whatever I'm, I'm rolling with the punches but Suicide Squad, I, I couldn't bring myself to do that. So here's the docket. Next summer, Wonder Woman. Uh, next November 2017, Justice League Part 1. March 2018, The Flash. July 2018, Aquaman. And then we're getting beyond that. Shazam, Justice League Part 2, Cyborg. And somewhere in there is going to be the uh, Ben Affleck Batman movie. Why, no, no, why are they knows. even? Why are they? See, this this is part of my problem. They're 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 dick riding Marvel so hard that Marvel isn't even doing Infinity Wars in two parts anymore. It's going to be are a one not? part movie now. Whoa, when did no. that come out? A few a few days ago. Like that's just going to be one part now. That's going to be one Whoa, movie. That's and they're doing they're doing Justice League in two parts because only because what's his face is uh they thought at the time you know Infinity Wars was supposed to be two parts. So they're just the dick riding over there is just unbelievable. I really hope they don't fall off. And like, you know that <laughs> Superman's gonna come back, you know, two thirds of the way through end of. Part like one. I said, that that made no sense. Pretending that he was dead, just, I hate, I hate that. Just why, why, why? <laughs> that, there's yeah, no that, point in doing that. These the the Zack Snyder no portrayals of Superman show that he doesn't understand the character, and he actually actively hates him. Uh, before, it was like between Man of Steel and directing Batman vs. Superman, he came out, and it might have even been at a Comic-Con or some sort of convention. He, he literally said the words, the most interesting thing you can do with Superman is kill him. I'm sorry, truth, justice, in the American way? No, it's fucking end him. You don't get yeah. the character. Yeah, there's there's so many interesting things you can do with Superman if you actually know how to like direct and you know guide a movie. But if you don't know how to do those things, then yeah, like it's a very hard character to do anything with when you when you're not a competent filmmaker. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Paris, have I'm, you ever read All Star Superman? Also, yeah, great, great story. I, I think that you know that and Red Sun are my two favorite Superman books. Yeah. and a lot of people say it's difficult for comic writers to write Superman well because you know, he can basically do anything can do at any anything, point. Anything, yeah. So one of the things that's kind of seen as like a cheap thing, but I think could work really well for the movies, is you don't need to kill him. You just depower him. And like and, what they do in All-Star Superman is they depower, they, they make him more powerful than he's ever been, 
he like because what, what was it? He you know went closer to the sun than he's ever been, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's like testing his limits, and then it like brings him down harder than he's ever been before. Which is yeah. also Superman can't recommend the book enough. Yeah. Also, I would recommend people read the uh, the prequel comics to Injustice, which are t- is a really interesting take on Superman. The character is just um, I won't. Well, if you played the game, just basically... You know, he's, he kind of becomes the villain. Yeah, he becomes the bad guy, which is just like, what is that like when someone pushes Superman to the edge to take things like beyond where he's just at the point where he's like, I want to keep the planet safe, I'm in charge. Like, what would happen, what makes him snap into that m- mindset, and how do you stop someone who is the most powerful being in the universe? That's interesting. So, and I'm I mean, afraid that's what they're trying to do with Justice League because of the moment in Batman vs Superman where the Flash, you know, does his inter time travel whatever. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, like, totally oh, Lois Lane right is the key it. to all this. I, I I went too far back, and it's like, I think they're trying to set up that Lois Lane dies and Superman goes off the deep end. Yeah, yeah, they're set it up in that little vision he had as well, where it's like, you know, there's these, like, shock troopers that are, you know, Superman or whatever, which I said, that's a really interesting thing you can do with the character, but I just don't trust the guy that's trying to do it at all. Agreed. You didn't need to kill him. Like, you totally didn't, like, his death served really no purpose or catalyst. Like, that, but like, I really feel like just the fact that they came together and stopped that really big threat would have still given Batman the motivation to try to pull together a team because he realized, well, we have to do this all together. Like, we need to get more of us. Like, I get that. Like, they didn't need to kill Speaking of using the character of Superman offensively, uh, even though it's considered kind of a big gimmick, I grew up in in the big... um, what do they want to call it? Uh, where you know where they do a big momentous moment for for a character, and that's the I'm talking about this when Superman dies in the comics against Doomsday. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get to see any sort of like real burial or anything, you know, any big like citywide moment in Batman vs Superman. You get that in Suicide Squad, you, like you see them walking him down his body down the street. That's like a really iconic moment from that from that comic. Yeah, I mean they they show a little bit of it in Batman vs Superman. I thought like they're get they give I think him I blacked detail. out by that point. Yeah, they they gave they gave him a state funeral on that because they're burying the real body, you know, in in Kansas, you know, with his mom. And then right. obviously in Metropolis they have the fake they like have the memorial set up for him or whatever. But it just all of it just rang hollow because we know he's not dead. And like two seconds at the end of you see dirt rising off his coffin again. You're like. Why, why even kill him? You waste. You're wasting my time right now. Yeah. Doing something you know we know is not happening. All right. So I think this hate fest has gone long enough. Jono, <laughs> any f- f- closing words? Not really. No. <laughs> I think we've said it all. Yeah. What else is there to say? It's squandered potential. Really. Every every step of the way has been squandered potential. I mean, I guess I'll just reiterate one more time that it's like, of course we we wanted to like this movie. I remember hearing about it when it was casting, when it was in development, and I was a little excited. So, I mean, it's not, we don't decidedly go in and hate it. It's just, it, it the movie is what the movie is. Yeah, there's a black law that says I have to support Will Smith movies, so <laughs> I always want to like Will Smith, so... Don't hey. sit here and tell me I wanted to go. Like, no, I want to like Will Smith. I want to like what Will Smith does. I want to pay for Will Smith movies. But this was a shit movie. 
So, Dude, yeah. two weeks ago, go back and listen to our last podcast. We were still psyched about seeing Suicide Squad. We talked about all three of the big trailers that they showed at Comic-Con. Jono was skeptical of both Wonder Woman and Justice League and was the most excited for Suicide Squad. We went in wanting to like this. Just couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so I guess... You can only do so much. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's all she wrote. Check us out at criminallyunderrated.com. I've still got my big uh, Game of Thrones piece up there if you want to check that out. Paris, you got the internet show coming back or anything else you want to plug? Yeah, internet show's coming back pretty soon, guys. Check, go on YouTube, check out the trailer for Dragon Ball Z Light of Hope 2 teaser up coming out real soon. And obviously the internet show picking back off of that coming real soon as well. Uh, Where can they follow you on Twitter? On Twitter, you guys can follow me at uh, Paris Lay, just at P-A-R-I-S-L-A-Y, like the city and like the potato chip. There you go. Uh, I'm at Points From Key, as always. John refuses to join Twitter, so whatever, screw him. (laughs) All right, that's all from us. Criminally Underrated, we're out.